National sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, John. Final hour of the final show without Gus Kattengill. He'll be back tomorrow en route from New England. Corey Glore, the voice of the two-lane green wave, filling in here. It's been a fun first two hours of the show. It has been a two-lane takeover Tuesday. We've had Ron Hunter. We've had Willie Fritz. We've had Lisa Stockton. We are sitting here at Yeoman Stadium on the campus of Tulane University. And now hour number three of the show, we are loading up and letting it fly. Jordan, graduate Jordan, sitting alongside as well. Uh, you're doing great work, Jordan. Thank, Thank you. Appreciate it. And joined now by the first-year head coach of Tulane Volleyball, Jordana Price. Hi there, Coach. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. How uh, you you got here? Uh, kind of end of February. Yep. That's when you took the job here. Um, so now, as we sit here mid June, how has the experience been to get here to Uptown, take over this program, and now start massaging it into what you want it to be come end of August here? Right. I would say it's been wonderful. It's been a whirlwind a little bit yeah. as far as like having, you know, a shorter amount of time to recruit to a new place and kind of getting to know the lay of the land as I'm walking the walking the path. And so um, but it's been wonderful. I mean, I've really enjoyed everybody's been helping me. All of the admin are fabulous. Um, there's a lot to offer at Tulane and it's been easy for me to recruit here so far. Uh, that's good. That's good to hear. I, I have some eligibility left. I offered Willie my services uh, okay. last hour. Offer them to you as well. I could also be a fifth year if need be. Yeah, yeah we got fifth, just... six years. We got a lot of years yeah, left. Right? All right, yeah. I can still, I can still partake. We got Sam and Victoria from the uh, uh, Stratcom department. They're ready to step <laughs> in here as well. I mean, it, you're taking over a program here. This is this is your first head coaching job. You come yeah. over from Florida State. Mm-hmm. Did great work as an assistant there. But the the first thing you wanted to accomplish when you got here to Uptown was what? What went to put your mark on this program? What was it that you wanted to get in here and start doing right away? I think establish a culture in the gym. I'm, there were only about uh, seven players when I got here, and so I got to jump right into spring training, which is um, – it was a little bit difficult because we were in our 20-hour week, and so normally that's more team. But because we had so few numbers, we had to be really creative in how we ran practices. But just establishing, like, the culture, my expectations for practice, like how we're going to work really hard, our communication, the system that I want to run with, like – you know, half of a team. Um, so that's that was to me that was the most important thing and just building relationships with the team and getting to know them um, and them getting to know me as well and kind of like what I'm looking for moving forward. I, I would imagine there's a balance when you, you jump in as a new head coach to those that remain on the roster to, one, them getting to know you, but mm-hmm. you also getting to know them mm-hmm. as players but also as people and yes. how certain people respond to yeah. certain ways of direction. So. What has that been like for you finding, I guess, the the relationship building of who was here when you got here and then the girls that you brought in to fill the rest of the gaps? Yeah, that's honestly my favorite part of coaching is the relationships. And so that I really enjoyed getting to know the team and them learning about me. And obviously there's always a little hesitation in the beginning, like what is my style? Who is this person? What does she want? What are her expectations of me? Um, But I feel like I'm great at communicating that. And I was very clear from the get-go, you know, get a whiteboard out, explain everything to them, show them what my vision is. Um, And then I had a lot of buy-in, and so it was pretty easy to do. And given the numbers, I feel like we had a great spring. We we only played a couple of competitions, um, but the turnout was really good for that. And I think just the process for me was it was exciting, and it went as well as it could go, I would say. 
Jordana Price, the new head coach at Tulane Volleyball. She is barreling down the start of year one here, which the schedule just came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. August 26th is when first ball gets put in play here. Yep. Um, and you know, I could just see there's kind of a, a sigh right there, an inhale right there. I mean, that <laughs> that, that is not far away here, Coach. So, yeah. so we sit here mid-June. Uh, where are you at in terms of kind of putting this group together, the the strategies, the style of play? Where is everything at right now, just over two months away here? Um, well, because it's summer and a lot of our – we have four grad transfers coming in and six freshmen. So I have not been in the gym with any of them, and I'm not able to get in the gym with any of them. So okay. we got ten players that will be new. Um, so I haven't really been able to touch on anything, like, as far as my system will go. That will all start in August. So we're just going to have to wow. hit the ground running with all of this these new players coming in. Um, but I do feel confident in the team that's here currently and what we're able to establish in the past couple months, that they're leading them in open gyms when they go and play together and in their workouts. Um, I actually worked out with the team this spring, all spring, so I got up really early. I was there with them. I didn't always want to. but um. <laughs> So do you all go out like, to do like beach volleyball as well? or Because, I, I mean, it's brutal out here. Yeah, oh, no. Yeah, no. We were just doing workouts in, like, weight room. So gotcha. I was doing workouts with them in the Smart. weight room. Smart. Yes, yes, no. Um, they play beach for fun, but not necessarily, you know, part of our training. But, um, yeah, so that was that was good. And I think being in there with them and being able to – see what the culture was like and see kind of what their work ethic looked like and just be right next to them lifting the same weights doing the same workouts was really good and kind of established like I'm in this with you guys and these are my expectations and so um, I feel like that really helped with the buy-in and as far as like what I wanted because I was I did as much as I could do with the team while I could do it leading into the summer when you said whirlwind when you first started like you, you meant it because you can't start really putting plans in place until August. Yeah. That's insane. I know, right? So when, when you take the gig <laughs> Wrap here, your head around that for me. Yeah, I, I, just to summarize here, you, you got the job here end of February. You had seven players uh-huh. available to you. Uh, you had to rebuild the roster, and now yep. you really can't get on the floor until about three weeks before your season exactly. starts. Exactly, yep. Oh. Yeah. So I, I'm surprised you're this calm right now, Coach. <laughs> but this is why you're a head coach. This is why you've done this and, and what got you to this point. You, you came from Florida State. Mm-hmm. Um where you spent five years there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played there and you played there. Mm-hmm. Um, what did, uh, was the goal always to, to get to this point and be the coach of a college volleyball team? And, and what did you learn in your time playing and coaching in Tallahassee that you're going to bring over here? Yeah. So first part of your question. Yes. I've always wanted to be a head coach. Um, I, there's never been a woman to win a national championship in division one volleyball. So it would be awesome if that could be me someday. And then as far as like what I brought over, I would say coming from a top 25 program, I played in the lead eight um, as, and I won the ACC championship as a player. I went and played professionally with a lot of amazing players all over the world. And so I just think my playing experience coupled with my coaching experience, coaching next to Chris Poole, who's one of the best coaches in the country. um, It just really prepared me for what I needed to do here and how I'm going to be successful as a head coach. Have you been able to take a look at least from a 30,000-foot view of the league, mm-hmm. uh, of the American. And yeah. I met at Florida State, maybe, did you play a UCF or a USF at all in we cross pass? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as you look at the league, and Tulane's been kind of mid to upper this league ever since it formed mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at the American, on the volleyball side of things, what is it that stands out, and what will it take for Tulane to take the jump to where UCF is right now? 
Yeah. So I actually did a conference analysis of every team, like from every statistical category and compared where we were and the differences we would need to make in order to be successful. If you break down every point of a game and how you earn points versus um, how you, whether you're doing it or they're giving them to you and the conference as a whole, um, I mean, UCF has been at the top for a while. And if we compared us ourselves to them, we were only like two points off in, a, in you know, a hitting category of how many kills per set we get, but half a point for how many aces per set. And so it was encouraging in the sense that like we finished sixth last year, but we aren't far from the top of the conference. Like it's very minute, the distance between us and them and talking about those differences and basically breaking them down into simplified steps like in practice hey we need to be able to get this many kills in 20 in a set to 25 and this is how we're going to do it I need you to give me four I need you to give me three and I need to get two from this player and they know that now and so we're able to um, track that and see our progress and it was encouraging the sense of like it's not too far but it is like each of those things has to be better I think it's what like it fans that, that go out and experience a volleyball match, you, you see kind of year in and year out the popularity starting to grow. Mm-hmm. And it made, around the Olympics, it starts to yeah. build up and then come back and ebb and flow. I thought there was a lot of attention on the tournament this past year and how exciting that was. But yes. it's amazing how sets are determined by pretty much just two swings, like the, every single one and how mm-hmm. intense those are. And so at, how have you seen this sport grown? from when you were playing to now leading as a head coach, that the college volleyball circuit and for fans of there, how entertaining it is to go yeah. and watch in person and now being a part of it on this side of things, what's been the biggest change in the sport to you? Um, I would say, you know, media like coverage has been really helpful. I'd say the blow up of social media, like volleyball actually has a lot of following across the country and just the personalities of the teams getting to know them. Um, the fact that it's such a fast paced, high energy sport. And now that we're getting more coverage on TV, you know, all of our games will be on ESPN plus that's huge, you know, for recruiting. And it's like, um, and I also think that, um, it's such a good energy sport. I played basketball too. And at the end, when I had to make my decision, I was like, I really love that I don't have to run long distances and <laughs> shoot free throws. Well, you made the right decision. Yeah. Right. And um, but there's and a swing. net in yes. between me and my opponents because girls basketball can get kind of rough in there. So that to me at the end of the day was why I ended up choosing volleyball. Um, and then I'd also say um, the support we're getting, you know, the resources that volleyball is getting across the country. I know that a lot of um, athletic departments have invested in their volleyball programs and it's really paying off as far as seeing how well volleyball has grown as a sport. Um, so I think those things are what's made a difference. I, I strongly encourage people out there, and this is not just me coming as a person affiliated with Tulane, but get out to these matches yeah. in the fall because it, the the intensity, the entertainment, the 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 sheer like I think the power yeah. will the surprise passion. people yeah. uh, when you're sitting up close and watching it. Mm-hmm. And so you know the season starts on the 26th, first home match is September the second. Yep. Um, and, and tickets just went on sale yesterday here mm-hmm. at Tulane to, to come out and watch this team. Yeah. But when people come out to watch this team this fall, what's the type of team you hope that they see? What, when you get everything together the way you want it here, mm-hmm. Coach Price, what will Tulane Volleyball look like? Um, we'll be relentless. We'll come out with a fire and a passion, and I don't care who we're playing. I mean, my team's going to believe that we have a chance to win. Um, and so that's my expectation for them and my hope and 
there's going to be a lot of energy. It's going to be a lot of good vibes, a lot of positivity, tons of communication. They'll be going for everything. So there'll be no chance like that. You, you don't see the effort there or the passion or the care behind it. Um, I'm very passionate as a player and I brought a lot of energy to the court and I bring that into my coaching style. I know you need to have a balance on a team, but I believe that when they walk in the gym, they're going to be really excited to see how, I mean, fast paced and relentless our teams are going to be. It's a ton of fun to watch up close and personal. And it's a sport that, I help you know when people watch in the Olympics or maybe watch the tournament this past year, mm-hmm. um, or, or watch a two lane game on ESPN Plus. Has flipped it on. Like you, you don't get a firm appreciation of what the sport is until you're sitting there watching it in yeah. the arena. It, it, it's a lot like hockey to me, where you see it and it's cool to watch on television. Then you're there, and yeah. you see it. <laughs> yeah. Volleyball is like that too, and it's the first sport out of the gate here at Tulane each and every year. And yeah, you're going to get started here in just a little over two months. Crazy. Uh, coach, now that makes me a little nervous. <laughs> I know. I, I just had Lisa in here too, and I said five months, and that made her nervous. I know, but right? now, you, I mean, you, you are up to the grindstone here, yeah. Jordana. So, um, welcome to Uptown. Thank uh, you so for, much. Officially for me here, you've been in a blur since you got here yeah. in February. It's not going to let up here until no. uh, August 26th. Uh, I speak for a lot of people here where I say I can't wait to see what's to come here Thank with this you. team. Welcome officially, and, and thanks for jumping on with us. Yeah, of course. Really appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. That's Jordana Price, the new head coach of Tulane Volleyball. The Tulane takeover continues here. We'll talk to Jay Ullman, the new baseball coach, who's on the road right now. He's coming up after the break. This is the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. It's the Ram. Make the switch event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram truck or van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. RTC. Etel and Vision have always led the way in communications. A network built for every possibility. Internet, TV, voice, and security. And now we're moving faster than ever before, propelling us forward into the future. That's what we call revolution. And the revolution is closer than you think. RTC, Etel, and Vision are now Rev. New name, same company. Learn more at letsrev.com. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too. Through good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. 
When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafourche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. He's back. He's like the thing that wouldn't shut up. He's got his own catchphrase. He's the best invention since they started frosting Pop-Tarts. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Gus is coming back, I promise, tomorrow, 12 noon. That's when he's supposed to return. He is somewhere between Burlington, Vermont, and New Orleans, Louisiana right now. So Corey Glore is with you here on The Sports Hangover on the two-lane takeover Tuesday. And join now on the phone by the new baseball coach of Tulane Baseball, Jay Ullman, who is becoming a regular here on this show. Uh, first of all, Coach, how are you? I'm awesome, Corey. I, I see your moonlighting, so thanks for uh, thanks for having me on again. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, I'm dabbling a little bit here on ESPN Radio, and you've been on uh, already twice in a week here. That's because it's been a week since you were named the head coach of this program. Uh I don't know if you're able to divulge where you are currently, but I know you're on the road because now this this is the week now, right, Jay, where now you're getting down to uh, the recruiting, the re-recruiting side of what you knew you're going to have to do once you took over this job. Yeah, that, that's it. It's, it's been a whirlwind, and, you know, for the first few days, my hours felt like minutes, and and so it was it was hard to move from point A to point B with efficiency, but, you know, things are starting to, slow down a little bit, um, you know, and I'm actually halfway between Baton Rouge and New Orleans right now, so I'm actually heading back tonight. Uh, we, we have an event at our place here uh, starting on Thursday that I'll be able to see a lot of really good quality players from uh, a lot of really great travel programs, and one in particular, former Greenway player Jack Crescent's organization, the Louisiana Knights, so uh, that'll be great, and so that's, that's what I got going here in, in the short term, but you know, just trying to shore up uh, guys still on the portal. And, you know, that's a – unfortunately, it's not a sprint right now. It's more of a marathon and and uh, just trying to just trying to do that deal and, and hire staff and, and trying to recruit players. So a lot on the plate. Oh, yeah, trying to be a dad and a husband too. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Jay, I, I think you knew when uh, this came your way a, a week ago that uh, – your family is the support structure there, and and they uh, they got to meet some of the the donors and the fans of Tulane baseball back on Friday, and you had an event with them as well. And uh, that, that's the most patient family uh, in existence, being the family of a baseball head coach, isn't it? Yeah, it, it truly is. And what a special event that was! A lot of great people that I got we got a chance to see. Uh, some we got to meet. But uh, that was a, a really great event, and I uh, got to spend some quality time, and uh, well well worth that. And, yeah, my family is, they're always around. I had somebody ask me today, uh, you know, how do you incorporate, you know, still being a, a good dad? And, and my answer was to incorporate your family into the fiber of the program. And so uh, they are and will continue to be. And so I'm, um, I'm really a fortunate guy uh, to have people that really love baseball. So, Really, really fortunate. The head coach at Tulane Baseball, Jay Ullman, who is finishing off his first week as the official head coach 
of Tulane baseball. He's somewhere between Baton Rouge and New Orleans, so let's hope service stays in touch here on I-10 on this drive here, Coach. Uh, you, you alluded to a couple of things a, a few moments ago uh, about the, the process of getting guys back to the portal that entered after the season came to an end, now building a staff out. We saw Daniel Latham, uh, the pitching coach, has moved on to Stetson. Um, so now, you know, we're still very early in the infancy of – building things back out roster-wise and staff-wise, but how has that process been for you over the last couple of days? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, an, it's, an, it's a process. You have to talk with folks. You've got to get background. You know, it's actually, it's a lot like recruiting uh, players and families. So you're you're trying to do your diligence and, and walk, walk through strengths and weaknesses and uh, personalities. So I've been doing that, and and yeah, uh, you know, Daniel uh, moved on to Stetson. I think, you know, all of us were in limbo when uh, we were finishing up the last couple weeks of the season, and um, he was getting really close to uh, being able to secure a job at Stetson, and I continued to encourage him to, you know, take that job. I just thought it was really important from a lot of different aspects, uh, securing his future for a while, uh, his family, making sure he could take care of them, and then, you know, I... I worked at my alma mater too, and, and it's a, it's different to work for your alma mater than it is for another institution. I, and for his, his growth and continued development and the quality pitching coach and person that he is, you know, I, I just felt it was important that, uh, he have that opportunity to be able to go experience something different. And, and I'm, I'm glad that they gave him an opportunity and, and he'll do great down there. And, and so now I'm, I'm moved on to, uh, you know, trying to secure another really good pitching coach, recruiting coordinator, and I think I'm getting close. Uh, the most important thing to me in these hires is, you know, uh, I, I talked with some with some people early on, and you try to go for the home run, people that you respect, you have longstanding relationships with that have been established in the industry, and I, I kind of went to them and, you know, got a few laughs, got a few thank yous, um, you know, and so you kind of have uh, a list of folks that you'd want to work with, and uh, the person that uh, hopefully we can get on board is uh, someone who's passionate about the game, pitching, about players, uh, is, is an infectious personality from a positivity standpoint. Uh, that was important to me, personality, the ability to go uh, into a family's house or speak with them on Zoom now, which is what we do a lot, uh, and engage and connect with people uh, is, is clearly uh, at, at the top of the wish list when it comes to recruiting coordinators and, and having the ability to connect with players. All those things are really important, and, and this guy is going to be able to do that. He's, he's got a uh, family. Uh, he's y- on the younger end of the spectrum, which I appreciate, uh, you know, and, and trying to get guys that, you know, want to be here and help move this thing forward where we all want it to go and not just looking for a, a job in a year or a head coaching job in two, just trying to get this thing established. My job is to move these. You know what it's like to, you know, spend a lot of time waiting for opportunities, and I want to be a promoter for the guys that work for me. I don't want to try to hoard them and uh, keep them away from opportunities. That's That's, you know, we're developing players, but I think we're developing coaches, too, and I, I want them to get what they want out of this. So uh, I, I think, you know, once people get to know the people that have a chance to be on board on the, on the coaching staff, 
I think that I-10 is coming in here, John. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Might have lost uh, if we did. Coach Ullman there, who is in between Baton Rouge and New Orleans on a recruiting trip right now. So we'll try and reestablish connection here at the head baseball coach of Tulane Baseball, uh, Jay Ullman, as we continue on this Tulane takeover. He was mentioning something. Uh, as Hello. Nobody... Oh, can you hear me, Coach? I I got it. Yeah, I'm on the I'm on the I'm on the bridge. So yeah, yeah. you guys know where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We knew it was happening. That's all well and good. Uh, and, and Coach, where did I lose you? Uh, where did I lose you? We were talking about uh, the the work that you've done bringing in now, uh, kind of the, the new recruiting coordinator and the pitching coach and the, the importance yeah. of relationships and how similar it is to when yeah. you're recruiting players as well. Yeah. Uh, and it's not that dissimilar yeah. from bringing in staff. Yeah, and I think people are going to be, uh, you know, once you get to know these these folks, uh, we'll see the, the personality shine through. And, uh, you know, they're passionate about um uh, baseball and, and being a really good pitching coach, but really developing and establishing relationships with the players, uh, you know, is, is going to be paramount and, and he's good at that. And so um, I'm just, I'm really excited about the potential of what's, what's coming down the road for our players and, and how I know he's going to invest in them and their futures. And that's, that's really important. Jay, is there, you know, we're sitting here mid-June, and obviously you want to get things kind of shored up as quick as you can when it comes to the roster and then really start laying the groundwork for what you want this team to look like when fall starts back up. But you, you have a lot of guys still in the portal. You're looking in the portal to bring in other guys, plus the incoming class of 2023. Um, is there a balance you have to play with, with all these guys, these young guys here of, you know, take your time, do what's best for you. You know, we just saw Bennett Lee transfer to Wake Forest yesterday. Um, yeah. is there a balance you have to find between that and making sure they make the right decision for them, but also knowing that, um, you have, uh, something that you need to put together here once we, you know, once we get towards yeah. August. Yeah, I was just on the phone with uh, Chase Engelhart the other day, and I almost said the exact same thing. You know, something that was a little bit different because normally when guys go into the portal, there's 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 no coming back. It's hard to, you know, you can't be held hostage, and you know, it's either you get in, you're either you're in or you're out. But in this situation, uh, where there was some limbo, uh, there was some special uh, circumstances made for for this scenario. So. Uh, a little bit uh, at the mercy of, you know, keeping our word, you know, and, and Troy's word to them, and which was, uh, you know, being able to take their time to do this. Uh, and that's certainly difficult because, you know, we, we need to, you know, we need to be able to fill our roster if, you know, certain guys don't come back. And, and that's the tough part. You're, you're wanting to spend money and not sure what you have per se. And so it's, uh, you know, that part's very tricky and challenging, but we're, you know, we're moving that needle forward. I think I have a fairly good feel for the higher, the hierarchy of where our, our guys in the portal stand. Um, you know, and so I, we've got Brady Margaret back. I can confirm that. He's coming back. Um, Simon Baumgart um, will probably make some sort of announcement shortly uh, about his return. And then, you know, obviously we know about Bennett Lee. Um, but 
we're we're uh, we're I can't divulge the rest of the yeah. things, but let's just say that nobody else has told me in person or on the phone that they're not coming back. So there is still a glimmer of hope on some, uh, some guys returning, and then there's there's going to be other guys that are not going to return, and that was that that was going to happen regardless of who who was hired. And so it's just the reality of it, and and we're trying to plug the holes through the portal that that we're going to have now and. You know, certainly the incoming class we feel like is going to, uh, you know, create some some plugs there as well. But they're freshmen, and you never know what freshmen are going to be until uh, they get going here in, in the spring. And, you know, like Jackson Lynn was a guy that struggled tremendously in the fall and then, uh, you know, had an opportunity to get in there and play and, and took advantage of that. So you just, again, you never know what direction those things are going to go with freshmen, so it's hard to count on them, which is, you know, the value of the portal. Well, Jay, I've offered my services already to both Willie Fritz and Jordana Price. I have some eligibility left, and so if you're needing uh, someone to step in anywhere on the diamond, I, I can go anywhere for you. I got a good glove. I got about a 40-mile-per-hour fastball. I can help you wherever you need. Just give me a call. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. You're below hitting speed. That might work. <laughs> Jay Ullman, the new head coach of Tulane Baseball. Jay, uh, you've been doing a lot of interviews over the last couple of weeks. I think those might uh, slow down here now. Uh, and now enjoy the road here. Enjoy the uh, the process of making this team yours. This is now what this is about here. Um, and so I, I know a lot of people will be excited to see what, uh, what can be built here uh, now under your yep. watch. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, yeah, it's uh... – it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to working with uh, the, the returners and the new guys and, of course, the new staff. Um, just uh, really fortunate to be in this position and, and looking forward to getting out there and, and having a product that people are, are proud to get behind. Thank you, Coach. We'll be talking here, right? Thank you. That's Thank Jay. you. See you, Corey. That's Jay Ullman, the head coach of Tulane Baseball. He also was not terribly interested in my services. That's three coaches down that I've asked if they need my help. Well, Not yet. At least you have Gus. He needed your help. Gus needed my help. I need him. There's one more coach where I can ask, but he's coming off a national title, so I don't think he wants me to ruin that. It's Charles Higgins, the Tulane sailing coach, as we wind down our Tulane Takeover Tuesday here at the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Advanced Eye Institute and Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses, call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Thinking about gas mileage? Keep your engine at its best with clean oil from Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic. Got an older vehicle? Use Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic High Mileage. Right now, you can get five quarts of either with an STP Extended Life Oil Filter for $36.99. Get what you need for better fuel efficiency at any of our 6,000 stores or on AutoZone.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Loyalty restrictions apply. Dad is the smartest guy you know, so give him a gift that's just as smart. 
like a battery-powered smart doorbell from Google Nest that lets him see what's happening at his door and answer it from anywhere. The Google Nest doorbell is now on special buy for only $129.99 and works on any home. Find the best and smartest gifts for dad. Feels like Father's Day at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Offer valid through June 19, 2022 at participating U.S. stores and online. Limit five per customer. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. He has not put lotion. Yeah. And we've been here for two hours. You know, growing up poor, man, this is a different story. My mom would get the cooking oil. Oh, Lord. I know. Not. <laughs> hey, man, not. You inflammable? She would get the, the normal Crisco thing in. Put it on me and I go off to school. Face just shining. <laughs> Your rap name is Little Crisco. <laughs> GJ and Max. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. That man's got some stones. Believe me, he is no wood. His legend lives on. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Again, big voice guy has been lying to you all day. Gus is not here. He'll be back tomorrow. Theoretically speaking, on his way back from Vermont, I hope he brought me syrup. I'm Corey Glore, voice of the Tulane Green Wave, filling in here on the Sports Hangover on a Tulane Takeover Tuesday, and we will put a bow on the Tulane Takeover in a big way here, and that is being joined by national championship winning head coach Charles Higgins of Tulane Sailing. Congratulations, Coach. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, so... um you know, national championships don't come around these parts often, and uh, your your team was able to pull one out not too long ago. It was what three weeks ago, uh, right up on the lake, just a just a stone's throw away from here. Um, the last couple of weeks for you, ever since Tulane Coed Sailing grabbed a, a national championship, have been what for you? Whew. You know, looking back on it, I can't quite tell if that feels like a decade ago or a couple hours ago. Hmm. Um, it was. So much going on, you know, hosting an event like that and then coming away with a win at the same time is you, know, you, you hope you put everything together to where at the end of the day, going into the last couple of races, you might have a chance and to watch the team pull it off was uh, pretty spectacular. And it was pretty amazing to watch them really kind of take ownership of that opportunity and make it theirs. Um, you know, you see you see teams at a championship level all the time that have that opportunity, but maybe they, you know, I don't want to say choke, but, you know, you know, they kind of watch it slip away. And that was something that the team kind of knew going into it. They didn't want to come away feeling that. You and I talked before that tournament started, and Tulane hosted the championships up on Pontchartrain, and you, you were very excited about the potential of what could happen over the two weeks that those three events took place. Um, but you mentioned that there is an inherent pressure of hosting a national championship, being a team capable of winning a national championship, and then following through with it. So take me through that this was the second event of the three in which Tulane won the title here. To take me through the days as they unfolded and what's going on in between your ears and as you're trying to coach this team and guide them to this place, um, how stressful was that for you to get that team to eventually win it all? Uh, for me, I, I, you know, <laughs> you know, stress and pressure are things we actually talk about a fair bit with the team. And for me as a coach, I think it's really important to understand that if I want my team to be able to be relaxed and feel free going into the races themselves, they need to be able to look over and see that I can actually do that myself. 
Um, most people who know me know I'm probably pretty even keeled. Um, and so for me, you know, I've been there before. I kind of knew how to handle myself and knew what to expect and also how to be able to look my players in the eyes and be able to see where they were at any given moment and know when are the times I know I can push them a little bit, when I can need to lay off a little bit, let them be themselves. And so being able to have that feel and touch going into the end, I think helped quite a bit. But at the end of the day, it takes the athlete to be able to do it. And I think we all know there's a big difference between talent and ability. And we've certainly had talented recruits come through the last few years. They've worked really hard. And it was really rewarding knowing going into the weeks leading up to the championship that we were we were really starting to knock on the door of having the ability to actually do it. Um, you know, I'm not really a superstitious person, but I'm not going to start, you know, calling for a championship before it actually happens. And, you know, being in a position, like I said, where we knew we were prepared, we knew that we could get it done. We just had to be there at the going into the last races to have that chance. And we fortunately had a, I wouldn't say a comfortable lead, but it is, I do feel there's less pressure when you go into it with the lead than the person who has to go in and do something special to go out and win it. And we were in a fortunate position by the end. We, were in that spot where we had a little bit of a buffer. We knew we didn't have to go out and win the last couple races to even have a chance, and that really helped kind of keep the pressure off a little bit as well. Charles Charles Higgins, the national championship winning head coach of Tulane Sailing, joining us here on the Sports Hangover. This program's still in its infancy. You're, you're the, the first coach of this program, and you just wrapped up season number four? And I guess it's with four. The COVID year <laughs> with there, the COVID, yeah. it feels like two. Um, to get this program to this point in a very short amount of time, um, what has it taken? Can you quantify what it's taken to in, in four years' time with COVID in between where one season got pushed away and another season got halted short um, to get this to a point where now you're hoisting a national championship flag? Um, what has this taken to get two-lane sailing here? I think I think a lot of it is really goal setting and being process oriented. I know those terms get thrown around a lot, but at the end of the day, you really do need to know, you know, what are the core values of your program? What are your non-negotiables when you set out to do it? Who are the right people to bring into your program? Who fits what a two-lane student athlete is? Who fits what a uh, New Orleans citizen is? And how are they going to respond over the next two, three, four years once they come onto campus, be a part of the program, grow? Uh, the team culture, everything about it, it all rolls in. Um, you know, it's not as simple as recruiting someone who's simply fast in a sailboat or a really good athlete. They have to fit the mold that you're trying to make. And, you know, you have to understand along the way that everything is going to have its ups and downs. No matter what you do, you try your best. You <laughs> try to do some preventative measures sometimes. But, you know, that's just life and that's anything. You know, we can call it adversity. We can call it whatever we want. But, at the end of the day, you know, the the process of getting there and fighting through it, that's how you're going to end up having to go no matter what. There will not be an easy way. And, uh, you know, finding the right people, I think, counted more than anything else. Have you had coaches in this building now come up to you and just be like, so, sit down with you and just talk shop <laughs> now that you have a national championship? <laughs> like, have you had coaches walk in and it's like, so, coach, how do you pull that off? <laughs> I think I'd first have to be the first one to ask myself how I pulled that off. But, uh, <laughs> no, you know, I will say this. Ever since I got here on day one, I have to say the administration, the other coaches here, everyone's been really supportive, and it's really helped that team culture that I'm able to then uh, instill with our team, knowing that that's really how it is here in-house at Tulane as well. And, you know, I've 
I love sitting down for lunch with other coaches of other sports and asking them, picking their brains, how how they go about running their program, how they recruit, how they deal with X, Y, Z, whatever it may be. And we all kind of bounce those ideas off each other. So I, I wouldn't say that it's anything that would be new for someone to ask me or me to ask someone else next week because that's actually part of the culture we already have here at Tulane. When uh, the video that popped up on social media about the entire team swarming the boat as the <laughs> it was clinched, as the championship was clinched, when you see that unfold, when you were there watching it, and now when you see that video, um, that's just got to be, I imagine, that just an affirmation of why you got into this, why you took this job, right, is to get to that point. And it happened in four years. I mean, that's that's very very quick. Um, when you see that unfold, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Uh, it's team sports. I mean, at the at the at the end of the day, any championship level program, you know, the team sport, you're always reliant on individual performances that helped get you there along the way. But even your best athlete on the team knows that they wouldn't be there if it wasn't for every single person on their team as well. And to watch them really take that opportunity to celebrate as a team as one together that was really pretty special and you know typically for our sport you know we might have a roster of 20 30 people but you might only be traveling with 10 or 12 and knowing that for other teams if they go win they don't really get to celebrate in the moment with the rest of their team and i think that's the biggest the biggest part to winning at home is really being able to have the whole team celebrate together and I was worried when the boat got tipped over, and then I realized everyone's sailors, so they know how to handle that. <laughs> like, the boat fell over when you were swarming everything there, but everyone was good and celebrated a national championship. So now what's what's the next step for, I mean, a national title is in hand for, for you. What is the next step? The next step is that tomorrow's Wednesday and we're going to get up and we're going to have to, you know, make sure we close the books on this one. Already in touch with, uh, you know, new recruits for next year. It's going to be June 15th. It's kind of a big day in our world. So, you know, it's moving on to the next one. We certainly won't be able to lose sight of what we've accomplished. You know, it won't be easy to put that in the back of the mind. But if we want to be able to continue going forward with the championship program, it's not going to be what we've done in the past that helps get us there every time. Uh, we can certainly lean on the experience, but we have, we have freshmen coming in next year that are going to be super talented. You have that ability to have this in their sights in the next couple of years. And if they're going to do that, it's going to be about them following the process in front of them as well. And so if we can't keep uh, the blinders on a little bit, you know, we, we like any other program, wouldn't have a chance of being able to come back. Well, now I think we're getting greedy here, Coach. Now uh, we got one, right? Now let's just keep on racking them up, right? <laughs> let's just keep on going here. Uh, it, it's been it's been something else to see, uh, again, it, four years with two COVID years in between to see what has happened here. And now uh, a national championship here at Tulane, which, um, again, like we start off with, it, it doesn't happen often here. But, boy, when it does, is it something special. And, uh, and to see, you know, when I talked to you before this started, I could tell you, you knew that maybe some big things were on the horizon uh, that week up on Pontchartrain, and to see it actually come to fruition. Boy, has this been a blast to kind of watch unfold. Uh, and now, as you said, tomorrow you just restart it, right? That's right. <laughs> just set it and forget it. <laughs> coach Charles Higgins, congratulations again. National Championship Head Coach of Tulane Sailing. And uh, 22-23 is right here. How about a couple more? <laughs> Why not? I'm, and, I'm demanding it now. And, and while we're at it, you know, I, I know you uh, might have you might have gotten the cold shoulder from some other coaches, but I will at the very least 
make sure that you make it out for a practice this fall and get on a boat with one of our sailors and enjoy some time and practice and see what it's all about. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. I'm terrified, but I like that. I kind of <laughs> swim like a, I'm kind of a seal when it comes to water. So that's both good and bad for many reasons. But I will take you up on that, Coach. Charles Higgins, congratulations again. That's that's a heck of a way to end the two-lane takeover with a national title. Thanks for jumping on here. Thanks for having me. Charles Higgins, head coach of two-lane sailing. We will wrap up the show after this here from Yeoman Stadium as the sports hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers can show you more diamonds in one place at one time than has ever been seen in Louisiana. We have big diamonds and we're knee-deep in engagement rings. Let that twinkle in her eye become the twinkle on her finger. Or a twinkle that lies softly on her chest, rising and falling with every breath she takes. She's talking about a diamond pendant holding a big anniversary diamond. Give her a diamond that shatters the air with knives of bright light. Knives of bright light? That's good. Did you just make that up? Yeah, I just made that up, but you've seen it, right? Of course I have. I've just never heard it described like that. Buy her a big anniversary diamond. A big anniversary diamond is a diamond at least twice as big as the one in her engagement ring. Because you love her twice as much as the day you married her. Big is good. Always good. When you wear a diamond from Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers, you glitter when you walk. Did you just make that up? No, I read it in a poem. You read poems? Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers is the largest diamond store in Louisiana on veterans between Bonneville and West End and Metairie. It's the Ram. Make the switch event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram truck or van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Six miles to Chicago. Got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Over with Gus Kattengau. One final time here on a two-lane takeover Tuesday. Corey Glore filling in for Gus Kattengill. Technically, since Gus calls two-lane women's basketball on the radio, he could do a two-lane takeover as well just by being present. But he's not here. He's coming back from Vermont, and he'll be back tomorrow to take the reins back of this program, steer it back on course. Graduate Jordan is alongside here as we wrap up the program here today. First of all, thank you for coming out here oh, today, absolutely. Jordan. We're, we're here you. at Yeoman Stadium in the Bunker Suite, uh, which a couple of the coaches that have come in here over the last three hours have not been in here before. Ron Hunter had not been in here. This is We're in the north. East corner, I believe, of Yeoman Stadium, right on field level, uh, in a suite here that letter winners usually hang out when during games. Um, 
and it's very air conditioned. Oh yeah, I, I, as soon as we step outside, we're going to be sweating. Yeah, well, when we were out here, there were a couple of guys doing some just some jogging in on the field. We there saw was a, a, lot a recruit today. out there in full uni taking photos, and it just looked miserable out there because uh, as I'm learning, as I uh, near my first year here in New Orleans, I moved here early July last year, and now you know I'm nearly 12 months in. Um, I'm getting used to taking two showers a day. That's kind of where I'm at. Two? Yeah, because I used to, I try and go for runs in the morning. I'm obviously going to shower after that. And then if I'm out here, like I, I work here on this campus. And so if I'm out here with, you know, we had baseball media stuff last week with Jay Ullman getting the job. You know, football's been doing some stuff here over the last couple of weeks. So I've been out here a little bit watching that. I just get gross again. So I got to go home and take a shower. So it's, I, it's I guess a maybe, if you, maybe if you just did, did your workout in, later in the day. That would be smarter. It would be. Wow, Jordan. Take it at night. Wake up. Yeah, like come here, then go for a run when I get home. But exactly. Yeah, that's a heck of a lot smarter. Why am I not doing that? Because it's a lot hotter. This is you at are. The end of the day. Yeah, it's I like four o'clock is the heat of the day, <laughs> and so when we walk outside, it's going to be a blast furnace, uh, and it's not going to change. But I'm getting used to it. I love it here, and I'm going to get used to this summer because winters are beautiful here. So I deal with that. Uh, we've done a lot here on the show. We've talked to uh, Ron Hunter, Willie Fritz, Lisa Stockton, Jordana Price, Jay Ullman, Charles Higgins, all here at Tulane. All those interviews will be up here in just a second. Uh, hour one and hour two are up. Aha, uh-huh. so if you missed the first two hours, I'd uh, highly encourage you to go back. Obviously, and, hour three is not up. Because yes, because we are currently in the midst of it. Yes. Uh, we have 13 minutes left in hour number three. Uh, there is still some time for you out there if you want to call into the show, 800-998-1003. we got time for one caller, maybe two. Uh, if you want to talk about something you heard today from across the two-lane coaches, love to talk about that. Again, uh, football starts September 3rd, volleyball August the 26th. You can get tickets at TulaneTix.com for all those. Uh, so we got about eh, six minutes, actually. Uh, so we do have time for one call if you want to get it in. But we've talked about first day of mandatory Saints minicamp. Is there a final update you can provide here? Well, the Jordan? NFL actually just put out a video 14 minutes ago, and it was one of the catches of the day, and it's Jarvis Landry. With the one-handed catch, it wasn't guarded by anybody, but <laughs> it was a heck of a way to hold on to the football. <laughs> I mean, listen, there there are valuable reasons uh, and things to take out of the next couple of days here at, at Saints minicamp. Um, <laughs> Jarvis Lanzi making a catch unguarded uh, is not one of them. But, hey, he did it. So, uh, And it was, thrown, was it thrown by Jameis Winston? They never, it never showed it. See. It might have been, I don't know, it could have been from Andy Dalton. Maybe. Yeah, it could be from Andy Dalton, who did, uh, I think we did have a report, did uh, complete a pass earlier on today. We did have reports of a punt. Um, also, I wish I was out there today because it was snowball day today. And oh, me and Gus right. have had this long thing where my first year, I wanted to get a, go online, get a snowball, ask him, hey, is that for me as well? He said, no, that's for just the players. Wow. And so... He said he was going to get me a snowball and never still haven't gotten my snowball. So, but Gus still hasn't gotten you a snowball. No, but today the Saints players were treated to snowballs. So I thought if anyone's listening out there, if you found that interesting, that's what your players are eating. That's one of the more interesting things I've heard coming out of minicamp today. Other than the fact that everybody was there and everyone who could participate did participate. Um, so bully to that as. Oh my goodness. Am I seeing that right on the phone lines here? 
Is this Todd Graffinini, the voice of the New Orleans Pelicans, that's calling in right now? Oh, my yes, goodness. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, I, I'm on my way home actually from Saints camp. Uh, are you and, also uh, on the spillway you... like Jay Ullman? No, no, I'm, I'm not in the dead zone of the, the spillway uh, in between Baton Rouge and New Orleans. No, I'm uh, actually turning on to South Carrollton uh, from Earhart Expressway. But uh, I know you were uh, – I, I heard you chuckling when uh, – when you said Jarvis Landry made a one-handed catch, you know, with nobody guarding him. So I, I just want to say, because you are a Bears fan, yeah. uh, full disclosure in case anybody else out there doesn't know this, uh, but I did. I wanted to say, just having watched practice today, that Jarvis Landry definitely was the best player on the field today. And um, he did make a catch which was covered by a defensive back, which was the play of the day, which you can read about, on uh, Graf's free observations on NewOrleansSaints.com. Wow. This guy wow. called. Wow. This guy called in. I can't call no, him shameless. I, called... I can't call him shameless because that's I devoted a whole three-hour show to two like <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. No, it was. <laughs> I did hear a lot of those interviews uh, while I was typing said observations in, but I, I do want to say publicly uh, on the air that uh, I'm just really happy that you're the voice of the Green Wave. And your first year was outstanding. I know it was a bit of a roller coaster, especially on the football side of things. And um, but uh, you handled it as you always do. And uh, everybody at Tulane in New Orleans should be very pleased that you were part of the airwaves. And uh, I just wanted to state that publicly. Wow. Well, thank you, Todd Graffinini. And uh, uh, you held this chair for a long, long time. And I would be uh, I'd be lying if I. If I said that uh, you you were not a big supporter of mine uh, over the years and, and uh, eventually getting my way to this job, so I appreciate that. Uh, you mean the world to me, bud. Thank you. Well, the feeling is mutual, obviously, and uh, I know y'all. You know, just hearing Coach Fritz a little while ago that uh, I know last year wasn't exactly the way it was drawn up in any stretch of the imagination, but. Uh, just knowing Coach Fritz and, and what he's all about, that uh, it's going to get turned around. And uh, I know there's a lot of excitement heading into this offseason. And uh, I just really hope you guys have a great football year next year. And, of course, in all the sports, but uh, especially in football coming out of the summer. And uh, we will it will not be too long before you're back on these airwaves here uh, for 82 nights and hopefully more like we have this past year. And uh, I'll be looking to – Looking forward to listening to you and uh, JD and Salerson and Aaron and the crew over there at Smoothie King Center uh, because that was heck of a fun listen as the year went along this past year here on one hundred point three. Yeah, yeah, Corey, and you know I've just said it a bunch, you know, since the season ended. But there's just there's nothing like calling meaningful basketball games, and we were very fortunate to be able to call those games the last month and a half of the season where you were fighting to get into the play-in and then obviously winning the two play-in games and just those six games against Phoenix. I mean, that's what it's all about. And just the discernible momentum, not only of the franchise, but the franchise and the fans in New Orleans who just organically was drawn into the run uh, in the city. It was just something that you never even would have dreamed would have happened in, in November and in late October and December. So, yeah, it's I, – I did a podcast last night. And I said I just – I cannot wait for the schedule to come out in August. I really can't. 
uh, and, and see how the journey's going to going to unfold this upcoming year because it was a whole lot of fun the last month and a half. Graf, thanks for the time. We got to run here, buddy. We'll chat. You got it. That wraps up me taking over this show. Jordan, it was a pleasure. Thank you for sitting alongside me here at Yeoman Stadium. Yes, and thank everyone who listened. Buddy, thank you for your work back there. Gus is back tomorrow, 12 noon. I promise you, this has been Corey Glor on a two-lane takeover edition of the Sports Hangover here at ESPN New Orleans. So long.